across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 24 minutes to 3 o'clock and you're still listening to uh, Life Happens with uh, me, Nom Sam Luli. And it's time now for our Throw Forward feature where we tell you about the latest technology and trends. And the South African uh, Blood Service has come up with a brilliant and faster way to deliver emergency blood to hospitals in remote areas by using drones. And the drone can be loaded with four units of blood at a time and be steered remotely by a drone pilot. And this, of course, will help the current logistical problems of delivering blood to the furthest corners of our country. And for more on this uh, medical technology, we um, joined by the pilot of the drone, Lebohang Leboho. She's here in studio with us. And we also joined by Jonathan Lowe, the CEO of the South African National Blood Service, who is joining us on the line. Welcome, Lebo. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, we are also trying to get hold of Jonathan as well. But Lebo, tell us about... I'm on, I'm on the line. All right. Oh, so we've got Jonathan already. Okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, right, good afternoon. <laughs> good, good. Jonathan, because I wanted to um, start with you. Not a lot of people actually know about the work that you, your organization does. You're an independent, not-profit organization. What do you actually do? So, um, firstly, thanks uh, for having us on the show. Uh, the South African National Blood Service was established about 82 years ago. So, this is a company that's been around a very long time, and we depend entirely on the goodwill of the very many donors out there that freely give of themselves in order to save the lives of so many patients that desperately need blood. So, what the blood service does is... Um, we collect the blood from uh, from the donors, we process it, we separate it in, into its components, we test it to make sure that it's uh, fit for purpose, and then we distribute it. It's a big logistics operation uh, across more than 185 sites for thousands of people so that we have to try and make this blood available to all South Africans at all times. And, I mean, you are ranked as among the top blood services in the world. How many blood products do you um, supply annually? Do you have those numbers? Yeah, so so we we collect, um, we used to say less than 1% of South Africans donate, but due to, I think, the the fantastic efforts of the communities across South Africa in the last year, now more than 1% of South Africans donate. So there's about 560-odd thousand people that freely give of themselves, Mm -hmm. and um, that translates into at least a million blood collections, in fact, somewhat more every year, and that goes out to all the patients that require it. And just tell us about the minimum criteria for donating blood. So obviously, um, one should be fit and healthy. Uh, the first thing is, uh, as, as doctors and clinicians, we would say the Hippocratic Oath first, says first do no harm. So the first thing we want to make sure is we don't hurt anybody by taking their blood. So one should be uh, fit, you should be in a, in a healthy state, you should weigh at least 50 kilograms, um, if you have any illnesses, I think it's important to get clearance from, from your doctor. We monitor iron levels very carefully. Iron is a building block of all uh, cells in the body, and particularly hemoglobin, which goes into the red blood cells uh, mm-hmm. that transport oxygen around our body. So you have to have the requisite level of iron. And then obviously, uh, no diseases, no sickness. Um, don't, don't, don't donate when you've got flu, for example. Mm. And, the, I mean, you 
as an organization also has uh, challenges, um, you know, finding the right target, as well as some challenges with um, beliefs from a donor perspective. Tell us about some of those challenges. Yeah, so it, it, it's always a challenge. You know, this is, a, this is something that a donor has to give up freely. It's something that they have to give up in terms of their own time. Um, and the location, so we can't be everywhere at all times for donors, and the same applies in fact to patients. We can't be everywhere on site where somebody is, is for example, uh, bleeding to death. So we have to make sure that we have our blood products available as simply and, 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 and easily as possible, and that's one of the reasons why the drone program, in fact, was born, mm-hmm. because we just couldn't get to um, all of the rural, for young women, we're having uh, postpartum hemorrhages. So mm-hmm. after an uncomplicated birth uh, in a midwife obstetric unit in a dis- district rural area, all of a sudden, you know, they start bleeding. And it's mm-hmm. very difficult to get such a patient airlifted to a hospital when they're unstable. So it's far easier to rather get them blood products in, in order mm-hmm. to try and save mm-hmm. that life. But as I said, we can't be everywhere all the time. So it can be extremely challenging um, um, to do that. And obviously, we're going to be talking about the work that you're doing uh, right now with the, the, the supply of blood, you know, and blood getting delivered using drones as well. And we've got Lebo in studio with us. But I just want to also lastly to find out around this aspect, what blood types are the most in demand? Um, so typically the universal donor, which is the O negative blood type, is the one that is, is most in need. So in an absolute emergency um, where we haven't had a chance to cross-match uh, somebody's blood, i.e. find the, the perfect bespoke donor for them, um, then we use O negative. So there are other blood groups, A's and AB's and B's, uh, both positive and negative. And there's a whole lot of actual other um, blood groups as well. So we can measure up to 140 to 150 different blood types, if you mm-hmm. call it that. So in the perfect situation, we would like to cross-match a potential patient to the perfect donor, mm-hmm. meaning we cover all 150 um, um, blood groups. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, you know, touching on this innovation, this brilliant idea that you've come up with to deliver emergency blood to hospitals in remote areas using drones, whose brilliant idea was it? <laughs> was it your I idea? Of, I think lots of people would, would would take credit for this idea. And in fact, you know, in, in, in Rwanda about a year or two ago, they did start some some drone deliveries. Mm-hmm. I think what we've done in Sandus is just taken it to, to the next level. So we felt in order to cross-match blood, it's important to take off and land. Um, it wouldn't work in South Africa to drop packages from the sky. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we also felt that as a blood service, it was important to uh, monitor the temperature, pressure, and atmospheric conditions that the blood is exposed to. Because in our bodies, our, the, the, our bodies cushion the, the red blood cells in our veins and arteries, and they keep it at a very constant sort of level. So mm. we needed that real-time monitoring. Mm. So this drone program, I think, was the concept of a whole task team that we put together. And that was between ourselves, Department of Health, and uh, a lot of the internal resource that we have. Um, in fact, you'll find they say that uh, in, in, in life, there's always an optimist. The optimist develops the, 
uh, aeroplane and the pessimist develops the parachute. Mm. And I'm pleased to say that we had a healthy dose of both in Sanders. So we had people that t- told us we just simply couldn't do this. And in that, we in fact learned to do this, I think, a lot better than it's ever been done before. Yeah, absolutely amazing. So let's get to the drone specifications. And that's where Labohang comes in. Labohang Leboho is the first pilot of the drone. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having us. So how fast can this drone travel? It flies very fast, so we can fly up to 180 kilometers an hour. Mm-hmm. And and tell us about this, because I was asking you this question about, and you showed me the picture of, of the drone, because I had a picture of this small things, these little drones um, that we normally see. But tell, how different is this one? So ours has a wingspan of 3.5 uh, meters. It also weighs about 13 kilograms. Um, and it can load up to four units of blood and it's temperature controlled. So we have a cooling system in the front where it maintains the blood between two and eight degrees Celsius. And you are piloting the drone. So where do you do it from? How do you do it? <laughs> so ideally would be doing it from a blood bank and flying it to the rural district, wherever the blood is required. I would first do my pre-flight checks as per normal, make sure that the batteries are fully charged, my transmitter is fully charged, and then I just set the waypoints onto my GPS and then it flies. It's completely autonomous, so it basically flies itself. I, but I can maneuver should there be a, a need. And I also see that there is a two-way logistics thing where, you know, there's often a requirement that patients provide tissue or fluid samples before a match can be made. So do you find that? Tell us about that, that process. So because I have experience in the blood bank, um, I used to work at Helen Joseph Blood Bank down the road, actually. Um, Emergency blood is issued when the patient, we don't know the blood type of that patient, so we'll give all negative blood. But the doctor can also give me the samples of that same patient so that I can cross-match the blood blood to um, the same blood type of that patient. All right. right. And let's talk about um, drone safety. Is it able to glide on the ground and withstand the different weather conditions? So the nice thing about our drone, it glides as well. So it doesn't, should there be a problem, it doesn't drop just from the sky. So we can also employ a parachute should there be an emergency as well. So it's quite safe. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've um, spoken about the payload capacity, where you say four units Correct. of blood, which is w- around what? Two, two kilo- kilograms. Two kilograms. Okay, let's talk about the distance as well that the drone can travel. I mean, we're talking about remote parts of mm. South Africa here. So it has a range of 100 kilometers. So it flies very far. And the nice thing about it, when you load the software on the system, it tells you the terrain as well. So you're able to see if there's a mountain and how high the altitude as well. All right. And and obviously, I mean, to fly technology and such innovations are expensive. Um, so how much does a, a drone a, you know, trip cost? <laughs> <laughs> a drone trip cost is about 10 rand. The mm. same price of electricity because I basically just charge the battery. I use the battery to, to fly the drone. So it's very, very cheap. And Jonathan, just to get you in, how yes. did you manage to get it so affordable? Because I thought it would be quite an expensive exercise per trip. 
Yeah, so so I think the expense has been in the team. Uh, so we really have burnt the midnight oil the last uh, year and a half in bringing this technology to the market and uh, all the research, et cetera, that we've done. Um, but really, it, it is the cost of electricity. And, and in fact, on a lot of our um, sites, we're planning to go solar power anyway. So it really will be powered by the sun in the future. Um, just an interesting thing is that this particular aircraft, it was quite funny when we first bought it to South Africa and we tried the testing, it wouldn't fly. And oh. it wouldn't fly because it also has a weather app that's loaded onto it. And some of the beta testing we've done in Germany where it snows, and these aircraft don't like snow, it ices up the propellers. So, so what we actually had to do was to Africanize our, our particular drone. We had to wipe the database clean and say, look, because it's minus one degree and the dew point is whatever the dew point was, and because we're at 1,500 meters in Gauteng, doesn't mean that it's going to snow. Whereas if you were in Germany, it would mean that it's going to snow. So our, our drones, uh, and our first one, in fact, is called Ntinga. Um, our, our drone Ntinga has had to learn the African skies and uh, <laughs> learn to fly here. So very interesting, the technology in these things. Lebo, would you like to add anything to that? I see you nodding. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jonathan should actually give the meaning of what Ntinga means. Tell us, Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) You're asking me, Lebo. Okay. So um, uh, the the first drone, actually, we did a competition inside our our company, and the first drone was chosen by one of our our marketing folk. And um, Ntinga, Ntaka, Ndini is an Isikosa proverb that is about learning to fly, getting your wings. And the elders would say that, you know, once you've achieved this and everybody can see you soaring into the open sky, then you really have arrived, so to speak. So this was the proverb that we used to uh, to name the first drone. We just thought it was so appropriate because it really is such a South African first and in many ways a global first mm-hmm. with two-way logistics because this aircraft takes off like a helicopter it flies like a plane and it lands like a helicopter. So we don't need runways, we don't need big open spaces, and it's very, very efficient, very quiet. You barely even know it's there. So a really special uh, South African story, I think. Wow, absolutely amazing. And are there plans to acquire more drones? Um, Definitely. So we've got five at the moment. So uh, we've got three very inexpensive test ones that our, our pilots can learn on. And then the two main cargo carrying vehicles, we um, are doing the proof of concept um, between Sebo King Blood Bank and Kopanong Hospital. So that's going to roll out um, imminently. And yes, absolutely. I think as we uh, look at the need in the country, particularly these young women that are needing blood with a postpartum hemorrhage, mm-hmm. um, we will map out exactly where we don't get to, where we just can't have blood banks at the moment. And really the whole intention here is to save lives. That's our measure of success. Mm-hmm. Every life that we save um, is, is, is really what the drone is there, there to do. Absolutely amazing. We have a question from Neo who says, what does the different blood type mean? So, yeah, I, I oh, think oh. all of us are are genetically different. So, you know, we all have our own discrete makeup that codes to the color of our eyes or the shape of our feet or pick whatever you want. But also there is genetic coding for the type of blood that we have. So if you give the wrong blood type to an individual, then their body can reject it and they can have an immune reaction. It's the same as 
you have to you if you have a kidney transplant you've mm-hmm. got to find a, a proper recipient that's as genetically close to you as possible so blood is no different so we need these various blood types in order to work out who's going to be compatible with who and then Bennett also on our SMS line asks a question how much do you charge for blood to medical aid which is given for free so the, the issue is that we don't actually charge for blood. We don't sell blood. All we do is a cost recovery model mm-hmm. to, um, to, to pay for the services related to blood. So as I said, we've got 185 sites. We monitor, we ma- monitor and manage both donors and all the way, it's a vein-to-vein service, logistically all the way to the patient. So you can imagine there's huge blast freezers. There's nucleic acid amplification testing technology, which is very expensive technology in, to ensure that the blood is safe, that mm-hmm. you don't transmit HIV or hepatitis B. There's all the containers. There's the phlebotomist, the thousands of staff that we have. So all of this results in a cost. And what the medical aid is charged is the cost of the service related to the blood, not the cost of the blood. Again, blood should be a prescribed minimum benefit. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you uh, if you if, if you're getting if you're on a medical aid, it shouldn't come out of your medical savings. It should come straight out of your insured benefits. And if you're not on medical aid, you should get blood free of charge in a in a government hospital, regardless. Oh wow! And Lebohang, I mean, you are piloting a drone. What kind of training did you have to get? I find that absolutely fascinating. So it's about a, like a four-week course where you do one week of theory and then the rest of the weeks they actually teach you how to fly this drone or multi-rotor or fixed wing. So for me, when I initially started, because I've experienced in the man aviation industry, I'm training to be a, a pilot Woo-hoo. as well. <laughs> so it was, it was quite complex having to fly something using your hands and maneuvering it using your hands. So it was, it was quite interesting and I enjoyed every bit of it. And what skills do you require to do the kind of work that you're doing right now? Um, I think just your basic skills, if you have your basic medicine science and all of that. So I don't think you need to be skillful in that regard. Lebohang Leboho, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, she's the first pilot of the drone that is uh, uh, delivering bra- blood to all sorts parts of South Africa. And also uh, Dr. Jonathan Lowe, who is the CEO of the South African National Blood Service. Thank you so much for joining us on SAFM Life Happens. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. All right. So it's uh, time to hear from the kids and they are talking about being a good citizen.